0: Welcome to the Sunshine Economy on WLRN. I'm Tom Hudson. Thanks for listening. Today, financial statements. More stories of money and the price of life in South Florida.
1: Am I successful here yet? Am I successful Mm -hmm. here yet? I'm almost there, but not quite.
0: That's Michelle Zambrana. She and her husband have two young sons in Kendall. He lost his banking job just before she gave birth to their second son. He has since found another job in banking, but at a lower pay rate. And he has a second job now. She's returning to her teaching job part-time to help make ends
2: meet. The game of life for us was kind of more like shoots and ladders. It wasn't point A to point B.
0: David Fry and his wife Nancy have known each other since high school in Weston. They live in a townhouse and plantation now with their two young kids. He's a lawyer and she's looking for work.
3: I'm very fortunate. I am just uh, know how lucky I've been.
0: Bill Diamond is enjoying his retirement in Palm Beach. His family owns real estate in New York, and he moved down full-time after a long career in government. These are just three of the South Floridians who have shared their stories of money and the price of life with us. You'll hear their stories and the stories from several others on today's Sunshine Economy. You can see and hear all the stories at wlrn.org slash financial statements. Randall Watts started cleaning up his life more than 20 years ago. He stopped using drugs and then about 10 years ago began working at a deli in North Miami Beach. He still works there today. It's a steady paycheck and he lives with his sister and her family in Broward County. My name is
4: Randolph Watts. I'm 59 years old. I live in West Park, Florida, and I'm a busboy slash operations manager at the New York's Big Apple Deli. I've been there 10 years. A normal day is stressful and I do everything. And I'm on my feet from the moment I walk in the door to the moment I leave. Okay, so I served all the cops their coffee. I gave them plenty of refills. I just work my butt off like I do every day. I meet some some nice people, some interesting people. A lot of cops. So, I know all the cops. I enjoy the people. I don't like the work. The work is very strenuous. I'm 59. I'm the oldest person there. It's like my knees 59. I got 59-year-old knees. It gets stressful because I have bills to pay, uh, kids to take care of, my wife, I got to pay my car note, my car insurance, and I got to make a living. And I'm very lucky for my sister to allow me to be here with her, you know, but I paid my way. I was raised by my stepfather who was really more of a father when he got out of the service he took us to 18th Avenue and 69th Street and it was just building the foundation and he said um, I'm building us a house right here right so when he finished the house we moved in um, it's a bad area now but back then it was like you know everybody on your street was your mama and your daddy you know what I mean if you did something wrong, anybody on the street that saw you doing something wrong could, could chastise you. Um, I had a, a a good upbringing, a good childhood. Um, if I could be honest, okay, when I got a little older and I saw the movie Roots, I kinda switched, you know, a different path. Started getting in trouble in school a lot didn't finish school then I, I, I um, started using drugs you know started selling drugs uh, in and out of jail you know I'm a recovering addict um, I've been clean 20 years November make 21 years Once I got clean I was able to be a father because I wasn't a father before I was able to develop a good relationship with my kids. just try to enjoy life as best we can with what little we have. What well, worries me, no health insurance and retirement. Because we don't have any retirement and I'm getting older. Social security ain't gonna be enough, I just put it like that. You know, to the, the, the keep on paying the, the bills that I pay here and my car. You know, I ain't, like while I'm here, I don't have to worry about getting like put out on the streets or nothing like that. But, you know, just when I get old, it can't work no more. My knees bad, my back hurt, you know, my shoulder. Got the swollen prostate and all that kind of stuff like that. And, and not enough money to take care of myself when I get up in age, you know, and the medical issues. I think probably it'll be worse. I want to be able to do more for my kids. You know what I mean? I got, I got, twelve kids, twenty-five grandkids. I want to be able to do stuff for my grandkids like my grandfather did for me. And um, it's not as as easy as I would like for it to be. You know, I can't do as much as I would like to do. It. We we're not really in poverty. You know, we're not really suffering because I like I said where I came from. I know people in poverty. I know people that's really suffering, so you know really we we blessed. and i'm and i'm I'm grateful. you know, I learned how to be grateful from where I came from the where I am now. Most of my kids they migrated to Georgia because the cost of living is a little lower price of living is cheaper there that's why they they, they, they went to Georgia like my my one daughter just turned 18 she she just um got an apartment a two-bedroom for four hundred and fifty dollars a month right okay here here you can't get a one bedroom for four hundred and fifty dollars a month I like music. I used to sing, you know, in some bands and stuff like that, and I'm just like a music fanatic. I'm a a martial arts movie fanatic, and I'm a music fanatic. The last group I was in, um, they gave me the stage name, Triple Funk. I'd say ow that was my favorite no <laughs> my favorite thing. I said it with, with finesse, <laughs> man.
0: <laughs> Since we first met Randy Watts, he has celebrated his twenty-second year of sobriety. He still works at the deli. He wound up getting health insurance through the Affordable Care Act. He was diagnosed with prostate cancer. He says his prognosis is looking good after receiving radiation treatment, but he's not in the clear yet. Still to come, Ozzy and Misha's story of money and the price of life. This isn't where
5: I want to be at 40. You know, I look at my kids and I look at, you know, my wife and I, this isn't what I want for us.
1: You want to be in a different place. Are we going to ever get back to like where we were before
0: that story's coming up we're back on the sunshine economy i'm tom hudson today's stories from south floridians struggling to make ends meet and those enjoying prosperity oscar rosenberg and michelle zambrana are known as ozzy and mish to their friends and family They were a two-income family with their second child on the way. Now they're a family of four, still getting by, but struggling and deciding if South Florida is their future.
1: My name is Michelle Sombrana. We live in the crossings in Kendall, and I am a teacher.
5: My name's Oscar Rosenberg. I am 40 years old this year, and I am in banking
1: It's us with our, now our two sons. We have a four year old and a one month old. And we also live with our, my brother who lives with us.
5: Born in Lima, Peru. I came here when I was three months old. Great childhood raising up, you know, my father passed away when I was six. He had lung cancer. And I saw my mom struggle being a single widowed mom. But there was always food on the table. Somehow there was always food on the table. There was always roof over our head. Um, you know, I was happy. I they didn't know any better.
1: I was born in New York. I you know my parents divorced and we ping ponged around a lot and ended up here when I was um, going into seventh grade. Um, you know, was University of Florida and, I, and and Miami was just always like I remember this just being the place where it's like you could if you knew the right person you always like had a job. I was working at a PR firm and I just wanted to take a step back um, we had some you know my, my mother had been diagnosed with cancer and I said you know um, I love the hustle and bustle of this life but I thought I, 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 I need something different less demanding and some for some reason I thought that being a teacher <laughs> was going to to be the, the solve for that and I, I transitioned to education because it was my minor and it was something that I had a big passion for And the most jarring thing for me was to jump, go into this profession with all this accolade, all this recognition, but I was offered to be paid what a first year teacher in Florida was paid. So there was no recognition of 15 years of professional experience and I was like, how is that possible?
5: miami College, worked as restaurant manager, and fell into banking through, thanks to my cousin, because she thought I needed health insurance. I went into being a teller, and then from the teller role, I moved into head teller within three months because we were in a holdup, and nobody came back to work, so I assumed the head teller role because our head teller had some sort of nervous breakdown after being shot at. Yeah. Uh, three guys stormed the bank, semi-automatic weapons, um, hands down, gun to the back of my head. They took all the money out. I had no problem giving them the money. <laughs> From there, moved into personal banker, successful as a banker, investments, got my licenses for investments, banking for f- almost 15 years. In May, we got laid off. After I ended up in the international division of the bank that I was working at, and they decided to dismantle our good chunk of our team. So, 33 of us on a Wednesday afternoon got laid off. And that was the day she had um, an issue at school. And it was just with the pregnancy, you know, a, a little scare that she fell. But I got laid off. And 15 years with a little box. And baby on the way, mild, nervous breakdown on the way home.
1: <laughs> I'll never forget that day. I had, yeah, I had, I had like slipped at school and I, they're like, we're going to call your husband. And I was like, okay, great. Yeah, please call him. You know, I'm fine. But, and they're like, he's on the way. and They're like, he's not on the way. And I'm like, what do you mean he's not on the way? And he's like, I'm sitting outside with a box. I I just got laid off and I was like. Excuse me? What? Um, but yeah.
5: Somehow that turned into some sort of a blessing in a way, I guess. I don't know. I have to look at it positively because I landed into a temp position at another bank. I got a severance package, which...
1: Unheard of these days. Yeah.
5: yeah I, I can't complain. You know, we had two months of regular pay with benefits. So we still had insurance for two months, and regular paychecks coming in. And basically they told us, you can start working right away and double dip your paycheck unless you start working for a subsidiary of the, of the bank, but you can double dip. So I took a full advantage. I hustled, got an opportunity with the bank I'm at now who made me permanent. And I made it work. You know, we
1: made it work. When he got his current position, he said, well, you know, they're offering me a lot, a lot less than what I would have, have ever made in my life. When he's willing to take a 20, you know, a 20, almost $30,000 pay cut just to be employed again, you know, and starting literally from scratch at an entry level in a bank, because that's literally all that's coming to him. It's insane. That That's just like the, the continued repetitive refrain of being underpaid. upsetting. It's upsetting when I, when I decided to transition back to my previous career choice, which was being in marketing. And I said, well, I'll start putting out feelers in the summer. Cause if I do this now, I'll have a baby. I'll start looking, you know, I'll maybe start getting a couple of calls. I'll get a couple of interviews, nothing, nothing, nothing. I got my master's in marketing at FIU in 2017. I was a world's ahead graduate. I was honored at the graduation. All these accolades to add that I was like, all these things, I'm like, man, this at least has to get me an interview. Nothing. Here in South Florida, I've gotten not one bite, yet I've gotten calls from Philadelphia. I've gotten at least interviews from New York. And I'm here like, how is it that outside of Miami, my resume is attracting potential interest, and yet here, where it's like, where is the issue? Now we're looking at not just opportunity, but cost of living. You know, um, a friend who's a teacher in in Atlanta told me how much she made. She can buy a house on her own if she wants. I wanna go to Costco and not have to check in with him. (laughs) Like, I I wanna be like, hey, don't get scared that I just spent $300 on like Pyrex at, at Costco. And we laugh, but it's like, when can we go to the grocery store and it not be an issue? When can we make a purchase at the mall and, and be like, hey, by the way, I, I'm going to go to the mall. What's the budget? When we look back and we are like, man, what did we spend our money on this year? And it's not a big vacation. We spent it on living. I feel like I'm constantly running alongside like that Miami lifestyle life train where I'm like, am I successful here yet? Am I successful mm-hmm. here yet? I'm almost there, but not quite. When I had the baby shower, I was very, you know, especially since he was our second child, and it's a trend that I've been seeing, when people are like, what do you need? I'm like, money, I need gift cards, you know, I need formula, I need diapers.
5: You know, with the first child, it was hard. I was there for more or less like six weeks, you know, I had some tiny paternity leave through the... Yeah,
6: for four weeks.
5: Yeah, and then I had my vacation time since I had been with the bank for a long time. But this time around, after the layoff, the biggest hurt to me was, we had planned. since I'd been with the company for so long, I qualified for a 90-day fully paid fraternity leave, which is unheard of in South Florida. And I was, this is perfect, you know, I'm at a good, decent salary. And,
1: and And that's how we had said, oh, I can, I can make, I can have, um unpaid time because yeah. you're going to have your salary which was more at the time and, and we I had could, a second
5: job that yeah. I could have kept or a yeah, you know, you side know. hustle
1: and so when this happened we're like Look, what do we do? Like how, how, how does how does this work? And I think you know and he went, like he said he went from having paternity time to I had the baby 18th on a Friday came home from the hospital on Monday he was back at work Tuesday morning
5: We have a great village around us As far as friends and, you know, they're supportive with food. Like, you know, when the baby first came, some dinners and checking in on us and checking in on her and just being there has been, you know, replaces the money a little bit and a little peace of mind.
1: It's nice having a, a system around us of people that know our story and know like, man, you guys have worked so hard and you still end up, you ended up like at square one.
5: This isn't where I want to be at 40. You know, I look at my kids and I look at, you know, my wife and I, this isn't what I want for us.
1: You want to be in a different place and I want a different, what can we, what can we actually do? Like, what can, and how can we actually move forward, like from a financial perspective? Like, are we going to ever get back to like where we were before?
0: Michelle Zambrana and her husband, Oscar Rosenberg. Michelle plans to head back to teaching part-time. Oscar is still full-time in his new banking job, and he's taking a second job in retail. Still to come, another story from a young family in South Florida, David and Nancy raising their kids in plantation.
2: The game of life for us was kind of more like shoots and ladders. Not It wasn't point A to point B. That's coming up next.
0: We're back on the Sunshine Economy today. I'm Tom Hudson. Thanks for listening. It's financial statements, stories of money and the price of life in South Florida. This region is one of great wealth and poverty, oceanfront mansions, and homelessness. These are stories of people who are struggling and thriving in the South Florida economy. Nancy and David Fry were high school sweethearts growing up in Weston and were on a familiar path, going to college, starting careers, getting married, beginning a family. But keeping up with the cost of life has been challenging.
7: Nancy Fry, 33 years old, in Plantation, Florida, and I'm a stay-at-home mom.
2: David Fry, 35 years old, Plantation, Florida. I'm an attorney. I had actually taken you to prom... A couple months before, <laughs> we weren't official or anything, but then we started dating. So I eventually moved into teaching.
7: I was working at the uh, Arched Center down in Miami, and then uh, moved up to Broward to get a job at the Broward Center for the Performing Arts.
2: Yeah, I was a teacher. I think three years into it, I decided I wanted to go to law school, and I went to law school at Nova Southeastern. And my first month in law school, surprise, Nancy told me she was pregnant. So.
7: <laughs> I love how you, you skipped the whole marriage and wedding and all that and <laughs> went straight. Oh, there. right. There was a whole both of us moving up to Broward and then eventually moving in together and getting married and all of that. But yeah. there's so many things happen in such a short amount of time with us that <laughs> you can very easily skip large tracts of our history.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It, it really the game of life for us was kind of more like shoots and ladders, not it wasn't point A to point B. <music> Upon graduation, I was looking for a job and, you know, we now had our son. So insurance was a big concern
7: because at that point I had had to leave my job. After having our son, uh, I stuck it out until he was about five months old, but it wasn't financially feasible for me to work anymore. We were losing money with me going to work, so I ended up having to stay at home while he was still in law school. It just made more sense for me to stay home so at least we weren't spending the extra money on the childcare and the transportation and all of those extra expenses that come with working.
2: Insurance was a common theme. Ultimately, it's what led me into government service. I got a job uh, initially with the uh, state attorney's office in Orlando. We made that decision because we, we wanted to sell our townhouse. We, we did own a townhouse, similar to what we're in now, in Plantation, and we were able to use the proceeds of that um, to cover the cost of studying for the bar, um, getting situated in a new career. I was working. We were in, a, in an apartment, and um, uh, you know, I was working for the state attorney's office as a prosecutor up in Orlando. And then we bought a house. Our family was growing at the time. We were we were having an addition of of the little girl, so that's number two. Insurance was always a big concern. So I had left the state attorney's office to go to a, a private law firm, and. In a matter of weeks, I realized the cost of insurance. It was in excess of $2,000 a month for us. Insurance has consistently <laughs> been more than 25% of our family's expenses. Deborah actually brought me back into government service. I became a public defender, and I loved being a public defender. It is the best job in the world to be a public defender. Um, I was still up in Central Florida. We had those benefits, but we had our current expenses weren't working. Um, So each month we were putting $100 on the credit card. And that was the case with our house, which we never defaulted on. But it came to a point where um, the $100 a month we're we're keeping on the credit card, the interest compounded, and we saw the writing on the wall. It wasn't going to work. Um, There's a lot of toll roads up in Orlando as well, paying about $300 $300 a month in toll roads. <laughs> so um, that was probably the most painful decision when we realized we're either going to have to sell our house and, and eat it now or have it taken from us and, and go through that whole process.
7: The yeah, and- incredibly stressful it was just trying to I had been trying to take a part-time job with the two kids I'm the one that handles the bills every month so then seeing the expenses not lining up with the uh, income and just seeing that just exponentially grow and just seeing that there was no way we were ever
2: going to get on top of it a lot of it was just the cost of, of everyday living It affected me, so I started to to get kind of sick. I I would, I suppose, I was having panic attacks for a little bit, and ultimately that kind of just led to the decision: let's just let's sell the house again. We moved back to Broward County, and we had to stay with her parents uh, in their guest bedroom for about about a year. You know, eventually. I left that job, uh, I got some experience in civil law, and then I'm at a larger law firm now practicing civil litigation. Insurance is still in excess of 25% of what we pay. It's it's still the biggest factor in our family expenses.
7: I still would like to see us doing better. I mean, I, going paycheck to paycheck is not a way to live, and I'm struggling now because I've been... Out of the workforce, other than my part-time jobs that I've held here and there, I'm struggling now to find employment.
2: Nancy, um, actually, she meets a lot of people. She meets a lot of people with jobs, and that could maybe help her get a job. But maybe in the past two weeks, we realized nobody knew that she was in the market for a job because, you know, as the wife of an attorney that volunteers a lot of her time, they just assumed she didn't need it. People assume we're doing fine because they hear attorney. They don't think about what that prosecutor or public defender's home life might be like. They they just assume that, you know, at worst you're doing okay. I know from our experience, yeah, my parents were doing eons better than we are at this stage.
7: I do very much recognize that we are still vastly, (laughs) doing vastly better than a lot of other people, but then at the same time, you're like, it would be nice to be more comfortable. And it's about, Being able to save for retirement, it's about not having uh, anxiety every time you open up the credit card statement every month to pay the bills. David David can always tell right when I've been working on the, the monthly finances, and he knows just to not mess with me at that point until I've been done plugging in all the numbers and seeing where we are. It's hard to see the future. I mean, things have changed so rapidly for us because of the constantly evolving economics of our household in the past five years, how many different places we've been living and how many different jobs David's had to take on to, to keep the family afloat, how many times I've been in and out of employment and all of that. It's, it's kind of unfathomable to think long term.
0: Speaking with Nancy and David Fry in their townhome in Plantation still to come in palm beach bill's story of enjoying his and his family's success
3: my wherewithal didn't come from south florida it's being spent here it's difficult in some ways because i didn't really make it the family made it so there's a guilt feeling there if i made it all myself i could tell everyone to go screw themselves
0: that story up next We're back on the Sunshine Economy. I'm Tom Hudson. Thanks for listening. Today, it's financial statements, stories of money and the price of life in South Florida. Bill Diamond lives in Palm Beach, where he retired with his wife. They lived in New York City. He had a long career in politics and government. His last post was as the commissioner of the Citywide Administrative Services Department of New York City. He was in that position during the 9-11 attacks. He and his family have been successful real estate investors of apartment buildings and shopping malls in New York, and his connections to Palm Beach run back decades.
3: My name is Bill Diamond, I'm 80 years old, and I live in the town of Palm Beach. I consider myself fortunate, well-to-do, middle upper middle class. Well, I've been uh, coming down to uh, South Florida since I've been a a child, because my great uncle came down here in 1939 uh, for health reasons. So uh, when I grew up a little bit, I brought my family here. The very interesting thing I always thought about Palm Beach is that it's uh, very much like Europe in the sense that uh, you can come down here and live on your capital and not feel guilty about not working. Here in Palm Beach everybody works for you. Real estate agents, housekeepers, gardeners, pool men, um, and a whole bunch of other contractors for example. Uh, But it is a place where you don't have to feel guilty about not working. It's, it's not a big house by Palm Beach standards at all. In fact, it's sort of middle class. It's in the, the mid-block, a block away from the ocean on one end, and a block away from the lake on the other end, which makes it convenient to walk. We have a nice swimming pool here, but you need people to tend to that. We, uh, we need people to do constant landscaping. Uh, you need people to uh, make sure there are no bugs crawling around. You have to have people who take care of the inside of the house, housekeeper, et cetera, uh, and other employees constantly here. And that, uh, unfortunately, takes a lot of money. Payroll can be as high as 4000 to 5000 a week. There's a full-time housekeeper, a part-time housekeeper, a cook, and uh, a secretary, and a house man from the outside, and then all these contractors to, for the maintenance of the place. So by Palm Beach standards, if you look at it from the very height of the multi-billionaire class, we're just middle class here. It wouldn't be the same, let's say, in Pahokee, but it's different here in Palm Beach. I had been both in the federal government, running the General Service Administration in New York and New England and the US properties in the Caribbean, the Virgin Islands and Puerto Rico. I did that for Presidents Reagan and Bush Senior. And then I went to work for Rudy Giuliani and did the same thing for the city of New York, ran all of its real estate and procurement of goods and services and labor relations. So that was a very big job with a a half-a-billion-dollar budget. After 9-11, I was there, I saw the buildings go down. I was there every day thereafter. Um, And um, that was quite a shock. It was such an emotional and physical drain. It It was like a declaration of war. Uh, so I decided this was a good time for me to take a leave of absence from working so hard. Of course I came down here because of the family, I had family here and lived on and off, you know, all my all my life. So it was an easy decision. I'm I'm very fortunate and I realize how fortunate I am. And I give to charity as much as I can. Uh, you know, I I'm, I'm just uh, know how lucky I've been. People who even have in the, a lot of what most people consider substantial monies are afraid of living past their ability to support the same level of existence. And I see that all the time. My, my mother made it to nearly 100, just uh, two months short of 100. My father made it just to 92, short of 92. Uh, so there may be some longevity here. And then, of course, you worry about your spouse. And my children are more or less taken care of, or will be, whatever's left. Whatever's left. My wherewithal didn't come from South Florida. It's being spent here. It's difficult in some ways because I didn't really make it. The family made it. So there's a guilt feeling there. If I made it all myself, I could tell everyone to go screw themselves. But I, for example, I know my father, for example, wants his his money to go through me to my children. So there's some sort of obligation there. And I understand how people, you know, feel, you know, who is this guy? Just what they call the lucky sperm club. Money doesn't bring happiness. It really doesn't because what it brings is another set of problems. Problems with the money, who you give it to. Um, how much do your children get? How do you do right by society? There's no question having money helps solves a whole raft of basic problems like what am I gonna eat? How am I gonna have shelter? Uh, the things that we all want. But as, uh, there are plenty of divorces among, including my own, among people of wealth. There are plenty of mental illnesses. Anxiety, depression, suicide, as we all know now. So uh, every level of life has problems, no matter what you have. But it's better to have than not to have.
0: Bill Diamond is keeping busy with retirement in Palm Beach. He's active with the Republican Party and hopes to be a poll watcher during the presidential primary. Still to come, Marta's story of money and the price of life in South Florida.
8: We knew that when moving, probably the cost of living was going to be a little bit lower.
0: Her story is coming up. Welcome back to The Sunshine Economy on WLRN. I'm Tom Hudson. Thanks for listening and supporting public radio. Today, we're featuring stories from people about money and the price of life in South Florida. We call it Financial Statements. You can see all of our coverage and stories at wlrn.org slash financial statements. That's wlrn.org slash financial statements. Marta Morello grew up in Italy, went to school at the University of Florida and moved to Miami from Boston a little more than a year ago with her husband. He's a software engineer who works from home. She works on energy resilience for Miami-Dade County, but family and the changing climate may lead them to leave in the years ahead.
8: My name is Marta Marello. I'm 31 years old, and I work in the Office of Resilience for Miami-Dade County. And I live in the city of Miami, um, in between Shenandoah and Miracle Mile. I moved to Miami because I got the job with the county. Uh, Before, I was living in the city of Boston, uh, where I had been for eight years living with my husband. And um, we were looking to relocate to, to Florida. His family is from Jacksonville, but... We, we weren't keen on relocating there per se, um, and so between all of the other choices within within the state, um, I thought that Miami would be uh, the best one. You know, when I first um, shared the idea of of moving to Miami with my husband, you know, his honest answer was, Miami? Uh, because he was picturing South Beach and uh, which has a very specific and and unique um, feel to it and so when we finally looked more into 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 the city you know you realize that there's just so much more there are certain aspects of the city that I love Latin American influence is great. Um, I love the fact that um, there's like a major airport um, that allows me to fly back to Italy, you know, with a certain convenience. Um, that there are amazing outdoor opportunities with the Everglades nearby and the ocean, um, that it's also very close and where we can swim, you know. And then there are, I think, a couple of other uh, things that I'm not too fond of. Um, And one is the mobility. Um, In Boston, we only bike, we didn't have a car. Um, Whereas, you know, Miami uh, is is very car centric, and the distances are also just larger. And so just moving around takes time and effort. the fact that Miami's, or that this area is called the 305.
6: Um,
8: At first, like, I had no idea what it referred to, um, and then I figured it out. In terms of cost of living, you know, Boston is very, very expensive, and so we knew that when moving, probably, uh, cost of living was going to be a little bit lower. comparison and there are also no state taxes in Florida um, which it's not something that played a big factor but you know in our decisions but but it's something to consider um, ultimately and I was able to negotiate a little bit on, on my salary um, which um, helped. I am from Asti, which is a small town in the northwest part of Italy, Uh, for those familiar with wine, um, and know Asti Spumante, that's where I'm from. My family is middle class. Um, Money was never an issue, but on the other hand, um, we grew up with a very clear um, principle that resources... Should not be wasted. And I think um, that came from the fact that uh, my grandparents, all of my grandparents, lived through World War II, where resources were scarce and nothing was allowed to go to waste. And so my parents, especially my mom, passed that on to us. Um, even the smallest little thing, the smallest bite of food, or, um, you know, turning. The lights off or or um, you know her favorite example is you know the water that she uses to wash the lettuce could be reused to water the indoor houseplants. Um you, it, it goes to like a very, very deep level. We never had to worry about money, but at the same time, a lot of thought went into um, purchases or using resources. I spent a year in Canada living with a host family. That's where I learned English, and then afterwards, in college, I decided to also, you know, to keep uh, going with this, with this, and, and study abroad in uh, um, at the University of Florida in Gainesville. I met my husband at the University of Florida in Gainesville. Um, I was a business administration major in college, and then I realized that where I really wanted to work was sustainability which in 2009-2010 was kind of new and I knew that there were no programs no such programs in Italy and so I sort of went straight for for the US. We are renting. It's a two-bedroom one-bathroom single-family house with a um, front yard and a backyard And we are very thrilled with it, um, because we lived in a small attic in Boston. It was a great deal. Um, Heating was included, which is major for the cold Northeast winters. Um, And so when moving to Miami, we actually made the decision of investing a little bit more money in in housing to have a guest room um, where we could uh, host friends and especially my family when they visit from Italy. I really wanted a yard um, where I could have flowers and plants, Um, and we have that, so I'm very happy. And my husband really wanted a garage, not for the car, but to turn it into a a workshop, And, and we got that. So we're pretty happy. He's gotten into woodworking, and so for the last year he's been building a canoe completely from scratch, and we just baptized it this past Thanksgiving, and it was very exciting. moved to Miami with the idea that we would only stay a few years for a number of reasons one because I miss my home in Italy and I miss Europe um, and so the idea is to um, to go back at some point point. and then honestly the other reason is the climate um, is it a worthwhile investment to invest money in a property in such a vulnerable place um, and you know n- not the entire city or county is vulnerable um, in the same way risk changes depending on where you are but you know these two factors combined um, made us decide to, to just you know rent
0: After we spoke with Marta Morello, she followed up in a text message saying both her and her husband are putting a lot of their money into their retirement accounts. She's still thinking about maybe returning to Europe at some point in the future. If you'd like to share a story with us about money and the price of life in South Florida, you can email us sunshineeconomy at That's sunshineeconomy at you can also look for a podcast of this program in our previous financial statement programs. Look for Sunshine Economy on any of the podcast platforms. Katie Leprey is our engagement producer. Polly Landis is our booking producer. I'm Tom Hudson. Thanks for listening.